Well, good morning, Second Service, and good morning, online campus. If you're joining us online, we are so glad that you are with us. How many of you are here because of an invite? Someone invited you one day to church, and you came, and now you're a product of what God's done? Yeah, the power of an invite. Um, on your seats, you've been noticing that there is an invite card, and that card is there for maybe there's someone in your life that you believe that would benefit from Jesus being in their lives. Anyone have someone? This makes it really easy for us to just drop it off with someone, maybe a neighbor, a coworker, a friend that you just, God is impressed on you that they need the love of God in their life. Maybe it's a waiter or a waitress. And uh, just leave a really good tip with this card as you leave your favorite restaurant. And I just know that God will, will speak to them. I believe that great things happen in the house of God. Because that when people gather together in the name of Jesus, great things happen. So uh, I'm believing again that uh, maybe there's someone here today that God brought you here for a very specific reason. He wants to speak into your life and he wants to transform your life. That's what Jesus does. Let's talk about the 80s real quick. How many of you are product of the 80s? Anyone in here? 80s music was the best, wasn't it? Huh? So there was this song in the 80s. You might know what I'm talking about. It went something like this. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it, right? Tina Turner. I won't sing because everyone will leave. You know, what's love got to do with it? And, and her and Ike Turner, you know, they partnered up and they had all this music and, and Tina would sing and, you know, what's love got to do? And she'd, she'd shake that thing. She'd shake, she'd shake that money maker, right? And, and so all these things were happening. And, and so the question was asked, what does love have to do with it? And the answer is everything. Amen. Love has everything to do with whatever you're going through in your life. Think about it. How about love for our spouse? Love has everything to do with the way that I treat my wife, the way that I act out my, my life with this, this God-given gift that he's given me. Someone say, you're a gift to your, to your spouse right now. You're a gift. That's God's gift. How about love for our family has everything to do with it? Amen. We'll go out of our way. We'll do everything that we can so that we can show our family that they are loved. How about love for our grandkids? All the grandparents went, whoot, whoot. Right? My grandkids were here for service. They were there in the third row. And I said this in front of everybody. I'll say this to you. If I would have known how amazing my grandkids are or would be, I would have had them first. Yeah? I would have skipped the kids. Skip the kids. Our grandkids do nothing wrong. How about in sports? You know, people play the sports and it's the love for the, for the game. Some of the greatest uh, uh, athletes, what they'll tell you is I'm passionate about what I do. The great Kobe Bryant, he loved the game of basketball. He became a student of the game and it made him who he became. How about love for your favorite restaurant? Why do you go out of your way to go to a place and eat. You guys have never heard about my favorite restaurant. Yeah, never, never heard about La Casita, right? I was supposed to be in Kearney's second service, 
And uh, I just said, I'm not going to go to Kearney. I'm going to stay here. But if I would have gone to Kearney, I would have stopped on the way back at my favorite restaurant, La Casita. So it's a love for the food that's there. We have love for our friends. In fact, you hang out with the people you hang out with because you care about them. And you have love for those people and they become your dearest friends. How about love for our community? A community will be as good as the love that's there. At Living Word Chapel, we, we are intentional about serving our communities. We're intentional about not talking about our country in a negative connotation. We pray for our country. We pray for the leaders. Why? Because we love the United States of America. We, we're privileged and blessed to be here. Amen? And we love our, 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 our cities. We love our, our towns that we live in. We love San Manuel. We love Oracle. We love Mammoth. We love Eagle Crest, Catalina, Saddlebrook Ranch, Saddlebrook. We love Winkleman. We love Kearney. We love Hayden. Anyone from Winkleman and Hayden in the house? Just go, yes. Yeah. Woo, woo. We're, we're a diverse church with diverse people, but we love our communities. How about our love for our ho a hobby? Anyone of you love your hobby? Anyone golf? Well, I do. I love golf. Yeah, in the back. I feel for you guys, right? Anyone in here love hunting? We got the hunters in the house. Just go like this. Yeah, amen. You love hunting. Anyone of you love, uh, let me think of some other hobbies. Uh, anyone love pickleball? Amen. First service, it was like about 30%. Woohoo, pickleball, right? The reality, you play it because you love the game. And then the two most important objects of our love. How many of you love God? We love God, and it, and, it, and it changes everything that we do when we love God. And the second most important object of your love is who? It's you. Do you love yourself? Do you love who God has made you to be? Because if you don't love yourself, you can never love others. In fact, people that don't have a love for themselves have a very difficult time loving others. And you have a real hard time loving God because you think to yourself, how could God have made someone like me? I'm so unworthy. But the reality is that God's love for you made you who you are, and he's not done. Someone say amen. He's not done with me yet. He's still working in my life and wants to do everything. So love has everything to do with what we do in life. And we're going to a passage in Scripture as we've been in a series in the Gospel of John. We're going to chapter 3 to a pinnacle, pinnacle passage. And there we're going to see how God's love is demonstrated for all humanity. And we're just leaving a, a, a conversation that he had with this religious leader, Nico. How many of you know Nico? How many of you have an uncle, Nico? I do. My uncle, Nico. This was Nico Demas. Nico Demas. And, and so this religious leader that, that, that met with, with Jesus, he was the elite of people that knew religion. But there was something that Jesus said that blew him out of the water. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus was like, how am I going to enter into my mother's womb and be born again? And he says, Nicodemus, if you're not born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. 
Why do we get excited about worshiping God? Why do we get excited about singing songs? Because we see God in everything we do. Amen? When we sing praises to him, we know he inhabits the praises of his people. It's a game changer because we're born again. And he said, unless you're born of water and born of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, you can't be a family member of God's family without being born again. And so Nicodemus was just completely floored with what this response. And Jesus, as he continues this discourse, Nicodemus' faith is being changed and transformed. And Nicodemus becomes a secret follower of Jesus. You see it throughout the Gospel of John to the very end when, when Jesus went to the cross and he died. Nicodemus was with Joseph and, and Joseph of Arimathea. And he went there and, and they prepared Jesus' body in, in, uh, in oils and, and, and uh, in his death, you know, bombs. And he did all this because he began to follow Jesus. Now, now Jesus comes to this place that's pinnacle. It's like the Mount Everest of Scripture. It's so important that it'll change the way that we live our lives. So let's go to verse 16 to start. And we're going to go through uh, chapter 3, verse 16 through 21. And this is what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him, who's him? His son. I'm going to say it again. Who's him? Jesus, okay? Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Or laugh, no, not laugh, life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but so that the world might be saved through him. So that's important. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but instead that through him the world would be saved. So if you're in here and you're feeling condemned, it's not God. God doesn't condemn you. He saves you. God doesn't torture us. He restores us. God doesn't make us feel belittled. God lifts us up. He keeps on going. He said this. Verse 19. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light so that his deeds or her deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as having been performed by God. People who love the truth love Jesus. People who love the truth understand that Jesus paid it all. He paid everything that we could not pay. He did what we cannot do. So that we could come into the love of God and walk in his grace and his mercy. We could be restored. The truth of the matter is that we all need restoration. We all need grace. We all need mercy. We all need love. So from John 3.16, I want to lay a foundation. Here, here's what your takeaway. I want to lay a foundation to build your life on. Whatever your foundation is in life is what will sustain you in life or break you. If you have a strong foundation, just like this building, if it has a strong foundation, it will stand. If it has a weak foundation, it'll fall. If your life is built on the love of God as your foundation, you'll stand through whatever this world will bring your way. You need to know that if God is for you, who can be against you? So here's how we lay a foundation of love 
in our life. First of all, we need to build it on God's love. This is so important because if the foundation of love in your life is based on God, it doesn't matter who leaves you, who abandons you, who talks about you, you will always know that God loves you. The greatest hurts, the greatest disappointments that we have in our life come from love that was not real or that was unfaithful or distorted. That's not God. For God loved you. God did. The creator of everything that is, the sustainer of everything in life, the one who gives us our breath as a gift. Everyone take a breath. That's a gift. That's a gift. Every breath that we have is a gift from God. That God that we're talking about, he loves you. And if this is your foundation, it doesn't matter what happens. You'll be able to make it through your life. See, the greatest good in life is God. He's good all the time. Doesn't matter what we're going through. Doesn't matter what people have done to us. God is always good. And God always loves us no matter what we're facing. The, the psalmist put it like this. He said, give thanks to the God of heaven for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven because his love never ends. His love is the same yesterday, it's the same today, and it'll be the same tomorrow. His love will walk me, help me navigate through the complexities of this life. Whatever I'm going to face, God is with me. If you guys turn your backs on me, God won't. And I know you won't. I know first service might, but not second service. You're different. God is always there. So no matter what you're facing today, and, and every one of us is facing something. Everyone is facing maybe someone that walked out on you. Maybe someone abandoned you. No matter how you're feeling, our feelings fluctuate. Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we feel bad. Sometimes we feel loved. Sometimes we feel unloved. Doesn't matter what someone has said to you. Sometimes say, people say kind things. Sometimes they say things that are not kind. Doesn't matter how people have treated you. Sometimes people treat us really well. Sometimes people don't. What you need to know is that you are loved by the one that matters. And the one that matters is God. If you take nothing else away, take this away. God loves you. That's big. The God that keeps the world sustained, keeps the world going how it goes, he loves you very much. He's the most important relationship in your life. And all healthy relationships, every healthy relationship comes from our love of God or our love not being received from God. 
When you have God's love in your life, every healthy relationship will stem from that. This is the way that John put it in his first epistle. He said this, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from who? Comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Let's go back to chapter 3 with Nicodemus. You need to be born again. If you're born again, you become a child of God, right? When you're a child of God, you begin to walk in God's love. Not your love. Not my love. My love falls short. My love is distorted. My love is, is, is always changing. God's love remains the same. God's love is agape. It's unconditional love. It's not, it's not determined on you. It's determined on him. And because God is God and he never changes, his love never changes. He keeps on going and says, Any, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. My love for people in my life, it comes from God. His word leads me to love my wife just as Christ loved the church. To parent my children with the love of God, to not exasperate my children, to not burn them out by telling them, you, you, you didn't do things right, you're not good enough, you're not that. God's word tells me to build up my children and then especially build up my grandchildren. If I build up my children, my children will build up my grandchildren. My grandchildren will in turn build up their, my great grandchildren, and it goes on and on and on. All healthy relationships derive from the love of God. So if you're in here and you have not received the love of God, today's a day to change that and receive his love that's constant and walk in that love. And if you're here today and if you've received the love of God, allow for his love to begin to help you in everything that you're doing. He will expel the hate in our lives. He'll expel the bitterness he will give you forgiveness so that you can forgive others and you can walk in a newness that comes from him. Here's the thing that you need to know as well. God loved you first. Before you ever did anything right, God loved you. John again put it like this. He said, we love because he first loved us. That's awesome. Before I did anything right, God loved me. Before I, I, I tried to perform, have you ever heard someone say, I'm not going to go to church because the walls will fall down. No, no, you're not that big, bro. You ever heard that? You're not that big. And some of you pro probably said that yourselves. I, I said that before I came to Jesus. You don't know what I've done. But his love is, his love is incredible. He loved me first. Before I ever did anything worthy of love. And, and, and God's love is constant. He continues to expound that and grow that. And the second thing that I want you to, to lay as a foundation, not only that God loved you, it's God, but God so loved you. It's not just a little bit of love. In other words, God loves you a little bit is never in God's conversation. God loves you more than words can express. That's God's conversation. He loves you so much. God loves big. He doesn't love small. It's like supersized. How many of you like regular sized or supersized? God doesn't love you regular sized. 
God loves supersized. He loves big. He loves you so much that, that even when people don't love you, I'm assured that he will. And our, our, limited line, our, our, limited, our limited minds sometimes cannot grasp God's love. But God wants you to understand that. In fact, the Apostle Paul, as he's praying for the church in Ephesus, this is what Paul says in chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 18 and 19. He says, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Here's the thing. The only love in your life that will complete you is the love of God. Sometimes people put their hope in their, in their husband or their wife. I, I know this. My wife, Shauna, who I love greatly, her love will not complete me. The love that will complete me is the love of Jesus Christ. Shauna, she knows that, that my love will not complete her because my love fluctuates. My love falls short. But God's love completes us. Now, God wants you to understand this. He doesn't want you to leave here confused like, does God love me does, or does he not? You don't get a flower and say, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. That doesn't work with God. That's not the way God is. It's a flower that says, he loves me, he loves me more, he loves me more, he loves me more, he loves me more. That's God's love for us. He loves us so much. And he wants you to understand how high his love is. It will reach to the highest heaven. How wide his, life, his love is. It doesn't matter how far you get from God. It doesn't matter how far other people get from God. He loves them. It doesn't matter how, how deep you are in the pit. Sometimes we're in the pits of life. But God's love reaches deep down in the pit. When God found James Reese, he had to reach deep into the mud, into a big hole, and he pulled me out, and he cleaned me off, and he left me a little bit brown for flavor. <laughs> and I'm here, bro. I'm here, sis. He loves deep. And how long, in other words, you never get too far from the love of God. There's nobody in your family right now. There's nobody in your circle of influence that's too far from the reach of God's love. You're not too far. I don't know what's happened to you this past week, but you need to know this, that you're not too far from God's love. And his love, when we understand it, when we grasp it, we know that we're secure in his love. See, your security in life will always be based on the love of your life. Hear me. That's why marriages struggle. The trust factors are broken. Amen? God will never break your trust. Jesus said many things about trust. He said, trust in the Lord your God. He said, he said uh, don't let your troubles overtake you. He said, trust God Trust also in me, right? So we can trust God that his love is going to be there for us no matter what we're facing. The enemy and the world and your flesh will always try to take this away from you and tell you God doesn't love you. But his love isn't dependent on you. 
It's dependent on what Jesus did for you. And that's why it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. It doesn't matter what you've done. His love is constant and his love is big. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than your mistakes. And here's another thing. His love always gives. That's the third thing. It's giving love. God so loved that he gave. God's a giver. He's not a taker. I, I mentioned to first service that there are times when, when I'm going through difficulty. In fact, we prayed for one of our elders at 7 a.m. We, we meet together. You guys know this. We pray at 7. We pray for our services. We pray for the people. We pray for our communities. One of our elders was having a hard time. We got up and we laid our hands on him and we prayed for the love of God to fill him, to feel where he feels inadequate, to feel where he feels he's blown it, where the enemy is pounding him. There are times in my life where I feel inadequate. There are times in my life where I feel unworthy, but that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the flesh. That's the voice of the world. That's the voice of the devil that wants to keep me because God and his love is always giving. And you may be in here or you may be watching online and you give and you give and you give and you say to yourself, there's no, there's not any more of me to give. You're in a good place. God doesn't want to take anything from you. He wants to give back to you. He wants to give his love to you. God always gives. And he gives the best. His love is the best. The greatest action that's ever happened in this world, that's ever happened in the history of this world, is Jesus gave his life for me. And he gave his life for you. And he gave his life for everyone who's watching online. That's a love that, that keeps on giving. But he doesn't stop there. He continually gives his love. He, overflowing love that comes. He continually gives his peace. Do you notice as, our, as he pr finished the, the worship set and he, and he prayed, as he prayed, he said, Lord, thank you for your joy that never ends. It's not dependent on our circumstances because God's joy is not dependent on us or our actions. God's joy is dependent on him and his joy is always overflowing no matter what we're going through. And his joy comes to us because, because of his love for us. He loves you. And he'll give and give and give and give and give. I love giving. I love giving to my, to my family, to my kids. I love giving to my grandkids. My son sat there with, with uh, uh, our three-year-old grandchild, the youngest one. He sat and she, he held her and, and she took a nap. I, I'm very good at putting people to take a nap. So I start very young. She's three. And so she rested in her father's arms. So Jacob was holding uh, Salem. And as, she, as he was, she rested. And, and I was preaching. I looked over there and I said, look at how this dad loves his daughter. And he's holding on to her. And he gives to her. He gives comfort. He gives love. He, he works hard so that she can have what she has. Both granddaughters. And Jesus talked about that. He said this. If you sinful people 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Now hear me. If you need love, God's not going to keep that from you. He's going to give it. If you need peace, God's not going to keep his peace from you. He's going to give it to you. If you need patience, guess what? God will give you all the patience you need for all the things that are going on in your life. No matter what we're facing, God will continually give to us. And not only does God love and his love is big, but God doesn't just love a certain people. God's love is for the world. Did you know that? God so loved the world. And the greatest need that we have in this world is love. Love changes everything. You see, it's God's love that sustains us no matter what we're facing. What's going on right now in the Ukraine is the absence of God's love. When someone attacks another country and and does all kinds of, of things, it's not God's love that is operating in that. But I'll tell you what's happening. There's missionaries there that are that are that are uh, called by God, and they're there and they're ministering to all the needs. God's people are coming in droves, and they're and they're helping. It's God's love that changes the world. When we went through the pandemic and all the things that were going on during this, this pandemic, is very difficult for everybody, not only in our country, but in the world. And you saw the basis of where people are and where people are at. Some people would get mad because some people wore a mask. Some people would get mad because people didn't wear a mask. Some people would get really upset and say really nasty things on, on Facebook or, or Instagram because people got vaccinated. Some people said some really ugly things because people were unvaccinated. And all these different things. What does love have to do with it? Everything. Everything. So, so what happens is that we're the people of God that we're called to love our world the way that God loves the world. Does God love people that have a mask on? Amen, he does. Does God love people that don't wear a man a mask? Amen, he does. Does God love people that get vaccinated? Amen, he does. Does God love people that are not vaccinated? Amen, he does. But do we love people? Do we love people with the call of God? For God so loved the world. Why, why do people hate each other with another uh, people with a different color of skin? What does love have to do with it? Everything. Or the political party, political affiliation. Does God love Republicans? Does God love Democrats? Does God love independents? God loves the world. Do we love the world? Do we walk in the love of God? You say we're we're Christians, we walk Christ-like, but I don't think Jesus would have a problem with someone that is vaccinated or someone that is not vaccinated. You know what he has a problem with? Those people that don't love the way that God loves. Let me tell you what will change everything. And this is so important, beloved. What has changed my life and my outlook on life has been 
the love of God. Before Christ, I could care less about the things that were important to God. I could care less about some things that, that now I care very deeply about. I care about the life of a child. I care about the unborn. I care about people of different colors. I, I care about, about people, you know, uh, I don't care what political affiliation you are because that's not who you are. That's just who you vote. Who you are is a person that God has created in the image of, of, of God. And my prayer is that you will find Jesus Christ because he will change your life. And if you find Jesus and the Holy Spirit begins to work in you and through you, your actions will change. Because my actions changed when Jesus became real in my life. I, I heard a, a, a Bible college president, he spoke to some of us, and he said this. He said, the attitude of most people is love my family and we'll get along great. Do my family wrong and you'll gain an enemy. And that's really how people are. We, we, we pick our families, we pick sides, we pick political affiliations, we pick all these things, but all those actions are subjective. In other words, it's how I view it. It's my lens. lens. It's not God's lens. Because God's lens is this. God's lens is he's a forgiving God. He's a God of restoration. He doesn't pick sides over family members. He doesn't pick sides over political affiliations. He doesn't pick sides about vaccinations and unvaccinations. God loves people. And when we walk in the love of God, it changes our communities. It changes our families. It changes our world. God so loved the world. Hear me now. If that's your foundation, you got the foundation of God in your life. Are you with me? Not only does God love you, and this is important. You should really walk in the love of God. You should walk loving yourself, not with a prideful love, but with a humble love, a confident love that it doesn't matter what you've done. He loves me. But because of that, we can love other people. Amen? And can I tell you, when we love other people, we reveal Jesus to them. God loved the world. Paul writing to the church in Rome, he said this, Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I was still partying, when I was in that place and lost state, God loved me. When I was in the worst place in my life, Jesus had already died for me. He loved me first. And when he brought me to this place of restoration and he put me in this progressive walk where I began to walk forward and walk in the, in the, in the statutes and the love of God, and all these changes began to occur. He didn't love me anymore. He loved me the same because his love is constant. Are you with me? You don't gain approval with God. God approves of his son and what he's done. And when you're in Christ, God approves of you. And he loves you. And it changes you. And you can't do it on your own. So you may be here and you may think, I've messed up so much. I've just really screwed up my life. And I tell you, you can never mess up or screw up your life Big enough that Jesus cannot restore you from. He will always, always love you. And he loves the world. Here's the a, here's a fifth thing. Not only does he love us, but he restores us. It's redeeming love. God makes us right with his love. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him, I love this, will not perish. If you are in Christ, you're assured that you're not going to perish. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give you life in abundance. Not only do you not perish, but you have this life in you that is incredible where you're able to say, I'm a child of God. I get to walk in his love and in his grace because I've been redeemed. God doesn't want for you to perish. The enemy of your soul wants you to perish. You're, the enemy of your soul wants for you to live and walk with your head down. Let me tell you, heads up. God loves you. He redeemed you. He made you right. You're his child. You have an eternal home with him. But he also doesn't want your neighbor to perish. He doesn't want your family member to perish. What's the greatest good you can do for them? Pray to the God that can change everything. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ for our communities. We love people when we pray for them. We love our world when we pray in the name of Jesus. Because let me tell you something. God cares about you. And he cares about them. And here's the other thing. That the love of God is a non-condemning love. It's non-condemning. If you're walking in condemnation, that's not the voice of God. If you feel like if God's just looking for you to mess up so that he can pound you over the head, that's not God. God put the pounding on his son, Jesus Christ, so that you could be restored. Look what he says. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Someone say, amen, he saved me. Amen, he, he, he saved me. He, he didn't condemn me. He saved me. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Notice it doesn't say whoever, whoever behaves a certain way will not be condemned. It doesn't say that. Whoever believes and trusts in the finished work of the cross will not be condemned. Jesus paid it all. It's Jesus plus nothing that is everything. But what we do is we add Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that, Jesus plus this. Let me tell you, that will condemn you instead of walking in the grace and the mercy and the restoration of God. You've been redeemed if you've trusted in Jesus and you're not condemned ever again. Paul writing to the church in Rome in, in, in uh, chapter 8, verse 1, he says, For now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something, beloved. If you hear a condemning voice, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's not the voice of Jesus. And you can leave here today trusting that he paid it all. You can leave here today with a foundation that God so loved you that he gave his son. You can leave here today by believing that you will not perish. 
but you'll have everlasting life. And that's a God that I'm talking about. That's a God that the Bible talks about. That's a God that changes our world. And you know how he changes our world? One person at a time. You know how he changed my world and my family's world? It started with me. I had a phone call recently. This, this person says, you know what, you need to come over because my wife is this and she's that and she's this and she's that. And he didn't like my response. I said, bro, it starts with you, not with your wife. I don't want to hear about your wife because your wife can tell me what she's doing, but let's talk about you. God so loved you. He loves you that he wants to work on us. Amen? You see, this is the thing that, that Jesus did in my life. He said, let's work with you. First of all, you need to know that you're loved. I'm loved, Lord, but you know what I've done? I just messed up so bad. No, no, no. I love you. Not only do I love you, James, you're so loved. I so love you. I love you big time. Just trust me. Believe in me. And see, God's speaking to some of you in here. He's saying, trust me. Believe in me. Hold on to me. I won't let you down. I'll hold you. I'll restore you. And it's not, uh, well, I, I got better because I've done this and I, and I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke anymore. I don't do this anymore. That's not what makes you better. What makes you better is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that don't do this and they don't do this and they don't do this and they do it in their own effort. And can I tell you, that's you. But what God has done for you is much better. It's much deeper. It's much higher. It's much longer. It's much wider. And the focus is off of you and what you've done. It's someone with Jesus and what he's done. The God of the universe. The God of the cosmos. The God of the entire, entire eternity came and he died because he loves you so very much. And because of that, you never, ever, 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 ever have to live and walk condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. And that when that's your foundation, it doesn't matter what happens, what's happened, what you've done, or what they've done. You know that you belong to Jesus. And if you belong to Jesus, you're in the best hands of all because he's God in the flesh. And so I want to invite you. I want to invite you. If you're here today, you've never said yes to Jesus. He's calling you right now. He's inviting you right now for you to give your life to him, to believe on him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And this prayer changes our lives. Not the prayer, but Jesus, who you're going to trust, changes your life. He changed my life. He's changed everyone that's trusted in him in their life. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. It changes everything. Heavenly Father, I am... Uh, I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I admit, I admit that I fall so short. I admit that I need a savior. Today I believe that Jesus Christ is that savior. I believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. 
I believe he went to the cross at Calvary and died for all of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so today, I confess Jesus as my Lord. Say that if you will. I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now everyone just look at me real quick. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, let me tell you, God's saving you right now. If you prayed that prayer, God is saving you. Your eternity starts today. But I want you to do something for me. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm not ashamed. I will say yes to Jesus today and I will walk with Jesus. Amen. I love that you guys are considering this. And I love that. Amen. I see your hands, bro. Praise God. I love what you've done. See, here's the thing. That will never be taken away from you. You that raised your hand and, and, and up in heaven right now. See, we're real quiet. We're somber in here. But in heaven, they're doing a cumbia. Salsa. Those angels are rejoicing because of God doing what he's done in your life. And you've received that. And, and I'm going to pray for someone else today. So those of you that said yes to Jesus, we're going we're to applaud you right now. And at home as well. You did that at home. We're applauding. God's changing your life at home. He's good. You'll see. You'll see what God's doing. Now, I'm praying for someone in here. The devil's lied to you. You're a child of God. You've already said yes to Jesus, but the devil's lying to you. You feel inadequate. You feel unworthy. You feel you've never done enough. You feel you're not enough. That's a lie. The truth is this. You're enough because of Jesus. He's done enough for you that you're complete in his love. You're worthy because he died for you because of his love. And so if that's you, I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for that person or persons that feel inadequate, that feel unworthy, that feel that they're not enough, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, for your love to fill them now, for your love to sustain them, Lord God, for your love to change their attitude and their mindset, Lord God, that they will align their thoughts with your word of truth, that they are complete in Christ that they are loved by you because of what Jesus has done. That love doesn't change. Lord God, and I just pray right now for a, for a refreshing of your spirit, a refreshing of the Holy Spirit to just be upon every person that has been lied to by the enemy of their souls. And Lord, that they will leave here with their head up high. Lord God, that you will do something even right now in their hearts and in their souls that only God can do. Let your love prevail because you love big. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to do something, guys. I want to do something. I want you to stand up. How many of you support your favorite teams in sports? Anyone in here? Okay. Give me, a, give me an example of how you would cheer for a touchdown. Just an example. How would you cheer? Okay. Alabama. Okay. The, 
Some, someone else, just give me an example. How would you cheer for your favorite team? Just give me an example. U of A, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I, I see, can I tell you that Jesus is greater than them? Okay, now, now give me an example how you would cheer for the, the, the Lord of glory. How would you cheer for Jesus right now? Amen. Amen. That's the kinds of people we are. The more we applaud the glory of God, the more that we applaud how good he is in our life, let me tell you that he, he gets so happy. We're not ashamed to be Christ followers. Amen? Let's sing our praises to him. I want you to bring the greatest song you've ever brought. I want you, and you brought it right now. No pressure. I want you to sing like you've never sang before, Selena. I want you to play that bass like you never played. I want that guitar to be strumming, guy. And I want for us to sing praises unto the Lord of heaven so that everyone will hear how good our God is. Amen? And I'm going to join you in doing so.